Welcome everybody to What's Up Fandom. My name is Josh, and today I am joined by a very special guest. I have Mr. Justin Jordan. Hey, thanks for having me. No problem. I realized I should have said from this and said, how's it going, Justin? That would have been a better way to intro it, but I didn't. No, it's just good to have a nice, solid, awkward pause right at the beginning just to set the tone. You know, uh, that's, I think, awkward pauses, I mean, that was my nickname in high school. I was just an awkward pause. Um, but yeah, thanks uh, Thanks so much for coming on, Justin. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, so we've been talking about uh, the wonderful places that we've been living. Um, it's been great. Uh, but you're here to talk about your webcomic and really the Kickstarter for your webcomic, Urban Animal. I am. So I've been doing um, with my buddy, John Amore, um, who is having a bit of a minor emergency, so he could not join us tonight. But we've been doing Urban Animal for the last couple of years now, which is uh, up at Webtoon. Um, and it's been uh, it's been a big hit, uh, especially it's funny coming from uh, direct market comics and comic book shops and that like the numbers are so ridiculously huge compared to what you do and what what would be a tremendous success that whenever I look at the numbers for Urban Animal, I'm like, that's insane. And it feels and sounds like ridiculous bragging when I tell people what they are. So Urban Animal has done well for us. And now we're actually bringing it to print. So hopefully some of the people that were like, I'm not reading my comics on a computer or a mobile phone are uh, willing to actually give it a shot in the print edition. Yeah, I mean, I mean, let's we'll go ahead and brag. You have what four hundred and seventy five point four thousand subscribers on Webtoon. Yeah, yeah, so, not terrible. No, it does not suck. So, like, how does that how does that work? Like, if you don't mind me asking, like, how does that work with Webtoon? So there are a couple of ways it can work. Um, we are a featured You're series, featured, which yeah. means yeah. Which that means that Webtoons actually pays us a license fee for each episode to produce it. Um, and then, and what that means is they retain the ability to have it up on Webtoons forever. But after a certain amount of time, we get the print rights, we can go to print. And then after a certain further amount of time, we can do new digital stuff with it. So basically, it ends up reverting to us entirely. So it actually does function as a license, um, this is probably more fiction nerd stuff than, than your listeners necessarily require, but that is actually how typically like short stories and magazine articles work. They're actually just licensed for a period of time, or that used to be common. It's, it's a little less so now. Uh, and then you can resell them and reuse them later. And that's why you will often find the same stories, short stories in a bunch of different anthologies because they've been licensed out. So it actually works like that. Now that's, that's how we did it. Um, the other is they have a thing called Canvas. At least I think it's still called Canvas. Um, yeah, where... I think I think it's now just I think it's officially like Webtoon Canvas. I think they slap the Webtoon. On oh it yeah, as it well. may be. And uh, yeah, that's that means there's a so there's a whole chunk of Webtoons where anybody can post any kind of uh, cartoon that they want and or comic that they want. And then if those get sufficiently popular, they can sort of start partnering with webtoons to get more promotion and more money and that sort of stuff so so as like as it goes like uh, we have for urban animals print edition we've partnered with rocket ship entertainment um who are doing helping to run the kickstarter and going to do the fulfillment and the reformatting for print and all that kind of stuff that we don't have time to do while actively doing the comic but 
the one that they ran right before us was for Foxfire, and Foxfire is a webtoon, but it is actually not a featured thing. It is something that the creator, she was doing on her own on webtoon, and it grew to be a very popular sort of thing. I think its its numbers are pretty close to what Urban Animals are, even though she was doing it on her own and not as a not as a featured artist. Man. Um, I, yeah, I do know uh, Canvas is a little bit more um, like the Wild West. Like you yeah. can get you can get away with a lot more stuff on Canvas than you can on Webtoon, uh, just from some of the stuff that I've read on Canvas. Um, and it's just kind of like, oh, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I think there are uh, I think there are hundreds of thousands of things on Canvas, so there there's quite a lot there. Yeah, it it ends up being kind of wild westy. I will say, like there is, uh, there's not a lot of you know super. um, And would you say that your uh, your webtoon is like mature? It's it's got a it's very uh, like a strong PG thirteen feel. I would say it's PG thirteen. Yeah, we're not behind the eighteen plus. Pay, or I, I keep wanting to call it a paywall. It's not. But if if your stuff has too uh, too explicit of content, either violence, language, or sex, it ends up you have to. There's a wall that only over 18s can use, which you know, unsurprisingly, would cut down your audience. Just you know, because of the nature of webtoons. Um, so yeah, we end up in a fairly solidly PG-13 sort of thing. And honestly. It doesn't translate exactly because, like, we we are not going to use any like hard hard swears in it. Where with PG thirteen, you get one uh, <laughs> if you were being literal. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's generally calibrated to. You could find this at eight or nine p.m. on a network television, and it would probably fit pretty comfortably in there. Yeah. In terms of in terms of explicitness. So how does that work? Do you get do you get one per season or? How does how, how does, I how does, don't know what we could get away with, but we have done none. So I think uh, you we, could you could probably get away with one because it would be a powerful one. It's not going to be like that Darby. is true. It's not like Darby where <laughs> would, I love Sherard. He's he's been on quite a few times. I love him. He's great. Um, he put me in his comic. I got eaten. It was amazing. Um, Beautiful. But yeah, his is like when when you start off with uh, with what he starts off with in the first like episode like the first chapter it's like oh damn we're here it's here's the thing it's um, uh it's kind of funny because with ours it's surprising what we do kind of get away with which is if you've read the first any season actually like there's just quite a lot of joe's naked ass in it yeah just because... you guys get away with a lot of butt and i know yeah, we um, <laughs> it's weird because uh we had comfort and adam on who do the uniques yeah. And Webtoon made them cover up, uh, oh, I can't remember, like, their main character's butt. Like, you see, and it's just, like, she's in a robe. She, like, wakes up in a hospital, and she, like, turns around, and she's like, oh, dang it, stupid robes. And, like, it's just, it's just, like, shows her butt. And they had to censor it. And I'm like, wait a second. They don't got to censor nothing in Urban Animal. <laughs> Yeah, I don't multiple know. butts everywhere. I do not know how we get get away with as much butt as we've got in that thing. I think I think there's a good chance we have the most butts per season of any webcomic. Uh, so you know we got that going for us, which is nice. I mean, hey, if if you got it, flaunt it, like <laughs> literally and figuratively. I mean, no, it is it is kind of interesting, even aside from the butt factor uh, of. Like, there is stuff that is fairly explicit in there in the sense of, you know, 
there's a bit where where one character basically gets ripped ripped in half. Uh, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's the season we, uh, two finale, right? It is. Yeah. And, and we did not have to censor that just because we managed to make use of kind of shadows and shading and that sort of stuff to get across, which I actually think makes that more effective than if we were uh, actually being like super blood and gore with it. I, I think it ended up being kind of more horrifying just because you're sort of left to imagine what that had to be like. Yeah. Because, yeah, you do that, and then, if I remember correctly, you flash down to uh, the other, like, the bandmates, their their faces and everything, and it's like a, ooh, type of, like, oh, no, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. Yep, it, uh, and it, it worked out pretty well, so I was glad. You never know. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk a little bit about Urban Animal. So if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about what Urban Animal is. So Urban Animal was about a kid named Joe Gomez who uh, thinks he's a normal kid. He's, you know, he's doing okay in school. He's got a group of friends that he really likes. His band doesn't suck too hard. He thinks the new girl at school might actually be into him. Uh, and then he turns into a saber-toothed tiger and blows it all to hell, uh, which is kind of the short version of it. Basically, That's Joe a finds... very apt version of it. Like, if I was going to explain it to anybody, I'd be like, oh, no, yeah, they, that's a perfect... Like a perfect, that's what you should put in the little like cliff note thing (laughs) on Webtoon and be like, there you go. Boom. Just put that and you're done. Well, you know, it's funny to me because of all my projects, Urban Animal is the one I have the hardest time describing in a way that seems compelling to me, uh, which is sort of ironic because it is by far my most popular thing. Um, So you would think I would have my my pitch for it down and I really do not. Um, It's like Animorphs. But he can do everything. That's true. And and there is a very elaborate mythology behind it. And a lot mm-hmm. of uh, the other problem with describing it is that a lot of what I think makes it cool is really hella spoilery. So it's also like hard to like talk about that because there's stuff we're kind of riffing on, which is, you know, we, we sort of do riff on superhero tropes. And, you know, obviously season one is kind of a you have exploration the of the whole idea of a chosen one sort of thing. Yeah. So. We uh we kind of kind of roll with all that, but like if you explain all that ahead of time, you're sort of like stomping on it for people coming in late. So with Joe, like he's he's in a band. Which what was the name of the band before it was Urban Animal? Baby Heist. Baby Heist. Okay, why Baby Heist? So, uh, there is a Filipino folklore monster called I don't know how you pronounce this. It's written A S W A N G. Um. And they steal and eat babies, amongst other things. And so Joe in the comic is of Filipino descent. And, and John, the artist and co-creator, is uh, lives in the Philippines and is a Filipino. Um, so we integrated that bit of it in there. And so they took their name from that baby heist, uh, which was funny. I like it. Um, and you guys do a, a couple uh, almost like character bios for our main characters um which i thought was great like you put you know favorite song movie actor actress nicknames uh there's favorite comic and favorite anime at the end um i like that you guys do that it it does help trying to figure out all of like who all these characters are like what their age ranges and everything for all of these different characters are it does it's funny it it has it has occasionally came 
come up as sort of a thing because just because of John's art style and the fact that they are all teenagers, I don't know that it is necessarily obvious how old they are relative to each other. Um, So like there was the character of Sienna who appears in season two and she is, she's 12. And so before it was revealed that she is in fact 12, people were like, yeah, maybe her and Joe could hook up. Like, no, 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 no. Like, no. there's a three-year difference there. Yeah, yeah, there is. And it is a significant three years. So we're not doing that. Yeah, it, like, I, 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 I don't know but yeah, Like, I had read some comments, like, when she was hanging out with Sean. And, like, it was, oh, like, yeah. Sean. And I'm like, guys, no. Do you not remember when that was, like, he's 16. Sean's older than everybody, basically. Yep. And it's, like, 16, and you're like, no let's not go there guys yeah so that that was one of those things that was it is interesting especially as compared to doing uh direct market comics which print comics that you find in comic book shops because with urban animal we are not doing it week to week in the sense of if you're reading an episode we've had it finished for a while but it is still much rapider uh than you would get with print comics and so you get this sort of really immediate feedback on stuff and you actually get quite a lot of it so webtoons comment section is sort of remarkable in all of the internet that through some combination of what i assume is dark sorcery and subtle moderators it's not a cesspool um so it is actually worth reading so you read it every week and it gives you this sort of immediate feedback and there's enough of a gap that it doesn't hugely affect the story and that kind of stuff but you can see stuff like that and start tweaking stuff you're like i need to make it explicit how old these characters are otherwise this is just going to be creepy for everybody involved yeah that is definitely one of the the weird things about webtoon um i mean one of the cool things because like it is a of the social medias out there it is very much a safer-esque place than most of the the places out there like of of the different like the instagrams and um like twitters and everything but it is also a lot of i feel younger people so things can get a little bit weird sometimes (laughs) Uh, that is true and i can confirm for you that it is younger i have actually seen demographic breakdowns and stuff and we skew not super young, but the vast majority of the people that are reading it are somewhere, I think. I have not looked at these numbers in a while, but I believe that the age range that's like 80% of people is like between like 16 and 24. So they're they're fairly young. Oh, geez. That makes me an old man then. Yeah, think how I feel. Ugh. Honestly, I read the comment section and I'm like, some of it, I'm like, this might as well be another language. This The comment section was the first place I encountered the term yeet for instance. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like interpreting. I'm like, what does yeet mean? What? Why did I get old? Oh God, it happened to me. So, you know, everybody gets a little yeet, I suppose. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, let's, we can kind of talk about our, our characters here. So um, uh, we've got, uh, we've got Joe. Uh, we've got uh, Charlotte, Fletcher, Sean, they're in the band, and then Paulo, he's like the band manager. Yes, he is. Best, best gig is band manager because you don't have to play an instrument. Best gig. <laughs> um, and then uh, they're joined by, oh shoot, what is her name? 
Phoebe. Phoebe. God, I knew that. Uh, that is, yeah, because you do a friends thing when, like, uh, they mean he's like, who are you, Monica, Rachel? And yeah, and it's Phoebe. <laughs> That's right. By the way, I love all the little, like, quips and, and little, like, one-liners and everything that you put in this. I think it's, it it, it gives, I mean, really, it is kind of a darker story, but there's enough humor elements in the story to make it feel good and make you not down all the time which oh, thank i you. which i thoroughly enjoy it's it's yeah. a re- it's a good contrast uh well yeah and that's that is sort of the point that's one of those things about uh aside from the fact that i i have a sense of humor and it sort of leaks in anyhow but i i very much subscribe to this theory that if you want your dark broody stuff to actually have an impact you need to kind of leaven it with light stuff or elsewise people just get burned out on dark like and really quickly like I, I can think of a number of movies and like it's just too oppressive all the time so that like the stuff that's supposed to hit is just doesn't because you're just numb to it whereas if you have these brief moments of light and hope you can really stick the knife in later because i am of course a human monster i mean yeah it happens we're all <laughs> we're all monsters to be fair um so I really had to fight back the urge to do a letter, Kenny. To be fair, I, I, I was hoping that you would, because then we'd be like, "To be fair," <laughs> that is that's probably one of the worst things that uh, like a friend of mine who works at Rooster Teeth. He got me introduced to Letter Kenny, and then I finally got my friend to watch it, and she now quotes it more than I do. And I've never noticed how many times I say "To be fair." <laughs> But then when you start noticing it, when especially when she goes, to be fair, and you're just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> I say to be fair a lot. Uh, there's nothing like a good solid pop culture phenomenon to make you acutely aware of your own vocal tics. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's one of those bad ones. Uh, it used to be like for me. Like I tried to get away from t- t- I just did it. I did it again. Uh, like's a hard one. And now, to be fair, I need to try and get away from to be fair. But it works so well. It's just a good... It's just a good to be note. fair, that's to be fair. true. Yeah, oh, man. yeah I, uh, I also do the like thing quite a bit, but I long ago made my peace with it. So I just roll. It's the, that's the easiest way to do it. Just kind of yeah. like, yeah, you know what? And it's, it's like, we'll figure it out, you know. Oh, boy. So uh, we do have we do have Joe who were spoilers for the first two seasons of uh, Urban Animal. Uh, we're not going to spoil this the third season just because we're currently in the third season right now. Um, but we do find out um, Joe isn't what he seems. So he can turn into he can he can anamorph into these animals, which is really cool. Except there is there is a bigger deeper lore behind it than just oh yeah he can morph in time into an animal he is basically this god character uh rabalast who is like base cthulhu pretty much <laughs> i do i do like where they're like he is the the undying and everything there's like the picture of cthulhu in the background be like oh yeah cool so lovecraft knew about rabalast <laughs> We do, we do like Wait, our was, pop culture. Was, Love, was Lovecraft a? Was he a? He might have been. Was he a chimera? That would he might have cool. been. <laughs> or he knew a chimera. 
Maybe he just knew, you know, Kagan. Ah, uh, Kagan's Kagan? the best. I, it is uh, Kagan. She, it's it Ralabastin Kagan. Yeah. Okay. I love Kagan. She's, she's, I, I'm, I'm, that's like my, my low key. I'm like, yeah, everyone's like, yeah, Phoebe and Joe. But I mean, one, not being like a super shipper, but I am. Um, I'm like, yeah, but Joe and Kagan, right? Like, that's, that's like in game. I mean, Phoebe can be there, but I mean, in game. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Joe, Joe and Kagan's relationship is sort of fraught with peril because Ralabast is kind of a father figure to Kagan. So it puts them in a, in an odd, uh, odd sort of dynamic, uh, which will be addressed eventually. Um, because Joe is, 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 and isn't Ralabast. Uh, he is, but you know, he doesn't approach things the same way Ralabast in his previous, uh, iteration did. Yeah. And it is very much a, we have, uh, cause like it, we, we do have those flashbacks where, uh, Ravalast is the one who is showing Kagan how to do everything, like teaching her and being her mentor. And then you do have Kagan doing the same thing for Joe. Which is which yeah. is really nice. Yeah, it's been it's been really fun to actually kind of work out uh, with that. Kagan is has been she is probably my favorite character uh, in it uh, myself, and part of that is being able to work out the sort of ambiguity and just the mindset of the character and the way she presents herself, which is all kind of getting probably maybe more into the weeds than than people are interested in. But there's this. There is a difference between Kagan, uh, at least I hope it's apparent. There's a difference between when Kagan is talking to the soul parasites or humans who are not Joe and how she addresses Ralabast and Joe uh, that I, I find actually kind of fascinating. And it, it kind of indicates like a little bit of how much of what Kagan does is sort of uh, it's, it's an act to a certain degree. Like, it's this, you know, it kind of relates to how she approaches Ralabast as something somewhere between a daughter and a high priestess. Uh, and I think and if I'm doing my job right, it shows in the dialogue and that kind of stuff. But just working through what would happen if you, you know, your, your God slash father figure is reincarnated in this squirrely little 15 year old is probably, it's pretty great for me. I mean, yeah, it's one of those, it, yeah, it, it it and it works really well too because I mean when we first meet Kagan, it's very much this antagonistical because she's trying to awake Rabalas. Um and so you're kind of like, oh man, this person, she's gonna be a problem going forward into season two. And then you do get a really good bit of with season two where like you learn her backstory and you're like, Oh, she's a very sympathetic character. I got you. I'm here for you. And I really like that. That was it. it like I, I already liked her, but mainly because her design, her design is probably my favorite design out of everybody in the comic. Um, but yeah. And then we, we get her backstory and everything and you find out everything about it and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, she's, that's when you're like, she's definitely my favorite. Cause she's got all these deep layers. She's an onion and onion characters are the best characters. She is an onion. Yeah, I, uh, I, I really like that design myself. John really knocked it out of the park uh, with her design. I, I also like the, uh, it's funny, we are, so we're doing the Kickstarter thing and we're running, you know, we're using images and stuff. And one of them is uh, through a lot of the first season, as you know, uh, you mostly don't get to see 
Kagan. Uh, you just kind of see these teeth and eyes, uh, and it's kind of terrifying. And I like that design too. I was like, oh man, John really, really killed it with how cool looking she was. And then when you have something that's that cool, like when you get to see like the the human form of her, like there's always this risk that it's going to be a huge disappointment. But then her human form is really cool looking too. So I was like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> John, John, John nailed it because she is, she's awesome looking. Oh, yeah, definitely. Ah, man. Uh, so tell us a little bit about the Kickstarter. So like um, you, you talked earlier about um, how we kind of move up. Like you, you have the contract with Webtoon and they're, uh, you know, you finally can do the, uh, the print versions. So what kind of like what really made you want to start doing like the print version of urban urban animal? I mean, I, I still, you know, my heart belongs with print. I, I really, you know, from a strictly selfish kind of point of view, I just want print editions uh, for my, my own use. Um, but beyond that, I am also aware that comics is interesting in that there are, are within us comics, there are kind of a bunch of different markets. Um, and what, so when I say comics, what I'm usually thinking of is direct market comics, which is comics you get at a comic shop. And that is dominated by Marvel and DC. And so I think of that as comics. But within the U.S. markets, certainly in terms of readers, that is probably the smallest of the markets. Um, so you've got the bookstore and the library audience, which is massive. So, so by way of how massive it is, Dave Pelkey, who does Dogman, his latest book has a print run, an initial print run of like 5 million copies. And in any given year, he's selling two or 3 million copies of Dogman books. You know, Raina Telgemeier sells millions of books per year. Um, and that's, you know, they are the big dogs in that market, but they are not the only, you know, the only ones there. Uh, so that is a very large market. And then there's Webtoons. And as you said, Urban Animal has, you know, just shy of half a million subscribers. But by comparison, Let's Play... Uh, who also did their print editions through Rocket Ship Entertainment, like we did, has 4 million or close to 4 million subscribers. Um, and if her likes to viewer reader ratio is anything like mine, she's probably cruising at something like a million readers a week, which that's a big deal. You know, yeah. by comparison, like the top, the top comic in a normal month, if there's not something special in the direct market is selling maybe a hundred thousand copies. Um, and it and it declines precipitously from there. Uh, so and you know and then there's manga and with manga you know you release a new a new a new My Hero Academia and it sells sixty thousand copies out of the gate. Um, so those are big deals, but they don't cross over a lot, right? So for me, who's done most of his work in the direct market, I've done some you know bookstore market stuff in, in the past couple of years, but I, that is still sort of a new market for me. But for the most part the fan base that I have knows me from print and wants me in print. Um, so this is a chance to bring something that I think is one of my very best works. I, I think urban animal is one of the best things that I've ever done. And it's a chance to give them to see it in a form that they actually will, you know, read. Uh, Cause not many of them are willing to follow me into uh, webtoons. I mean, that's just the nature of it. And it's the same deal. It goes the same way. The other way, you know, very few people that are reading urban animal at webtoons are following on into reading my direct market stuff like Luther Strode or Reaver or Spread. Like that's, that's just, they're just separate markets and it's hard to cross over. So bringing this to print gives me a chance to, you know, let my fans enjoy something that I think they will actually dig 
in a form that they will dig it in. Is there, uh, so we've got the first uh, volume coming out and uh, what all does the first volume entail? So the first volume includes the entire first season, um, which is 27 episodes. Uh, and that works out to be somewhere over 200 pages of story. Um, we're not, we're not sure until we get it all converted because it's not a direct conversion. That's part of the reason we ended up going with rocket ship entertainment is that if you're, listeners are not familiar with webtoons it's a scrolling format uh and it is optimized to be read on mobile phones which it works beautifully on it, it it's a really cool experience to read it that way i actually usually read urban animal and, uh, and other webtoons on my desktop which is not quite as good so when i actually do bust out my mobile phone and look at it, i'm like man they have really got this format down uh so when you're bringing to print you have to resize and reformat a bunch of stuff. And since we are still currently also doing Urban Animal, and I say we, but and, and it is true that we're both doing it, the part is John doesn't have time to reformat it, and I don't have the ability. So we, uh, we needed to bring in somebody like Rocket Ship. So yeah, it's, it's coming out in a, in a nice meaty form. We're doing uh, a softcover edition for $24 and a hardcover for 30 um, which for 200 plus pages of story is actually a pretty good deal just from a money standpoint. We, Definitely. We've yeah. got a pretty I mean, good price point on it. Your standard graphic novel is what, like 80 pages? Uh, it varies. So the Marvel ones tend to be slimmer, but you're not usually looking at any more than maybe 120 is, is pretty typical. Um, so, and you're looking at 120 pages for usually about 20 bucks. So for us, you know, 200 pages of what I think is a really solid story for 24 bucks is a is a good deal. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and you're not getting, uh, you know, random garbage in there like Marvel. Uh, <laughs> that is also true. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I do occasionally work for Marvel, so I, I, I should not say too much about them. But, man, I, I am almost never happy with their trade editions of stuff. Like, I may love the story, but I'm like, I just – this is not what I want out of a trade. Like you are, you're, yeah. you're giving me a product I don't want. That, that's <laughs> why I stopped buying their trades. <laughs> Cause I'm like, Ugh. be a, I mean, just kind of be like a little bit like DC, at least in the DC stuff. They're just like, here's, here's your junk. Be done. And yeah. you're like, thank you. I'm like, this is all I wanted. And you're like, yeah, we know. Here you go. Just take it. We don't care. And I'm like, thanks DC. But yeah, like the Marvel ones, it's just a bunch of stuff that I'm just like, eh, I don't, I don't want all this. Or like I don't want this. The paper's not great. Like yeah, and, and like I'm not like a paper snob. So for me to care about their paper is probably not a good sign. Like like uh it's one yeah, of those I'm not like, feeling this. It's like quality control. Like what happened here, guys? <laughs> like um but yeah, so with so you've got volume one, like what's the plan for um two and three whenever three is finally finished? Do you, do you ah. have to wait on Webtoon in order to get those done? We do. So the way okay. it basically works is that we've got uh, an 18-month um, window where we can't go to print from when it debuts on the thing, which means whatever what so the next one will be however long it, it took us to go from the end of season one to the end of season two uh, it'll be see. that far so uh, i don't know what those my, dates are let me pull up a webtoon real quick uh, bu, 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 urban animal uh scroll 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 uh episode 56 was march of 2020 so 2022 um yeah probably 
Um, oh boy. Yeah. So question, um, why do, again, this is all after the fact, which I'm sure is probably not what anyone cares about, but why do all of volume one instead of kind of like a stagger? Kind of uh, like, like maybe give a, you do like, I don't know. Uh, there's, there's what, how many episodes in the first season? Like oh, why 20? not do uh, like three trades of like nine episodes a piece? Or yeah, something, like, something that. like that. Just to kind of, that way it's kind of spacing out so there's not like a big... Basically because the stories are, they are designed for either, um, they are designed for either the hyper-serialized thing or to be read as a season. So there's no... There's no particularly good endpoint that wouldn't, to me, seem just like a cash grab kind of thing. Uh, gotcha. So I would prefer to have those larger intervals between stuff rather than having to wait for, uh, rather than having a more frequent release schedule. Just because it's just not formatted for it. Like, like season one and season two and season three all tell a fairly complete story on yeah, their it own. Is, it is kind of, you know, uh, standalone, really. I mean, it, it is part of a larger story, but I mean, like, season one does kind of wrap things up in season one. Season two does kind of wrap things up in season two. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, 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 and plus, you know, if, if you've got years and years between stuff, then you just have like a cool, like, Jessica Hyde scenario. That's, sorry, that's from Utopia. That's that new Amazon show that I don't think anybody watched. Not uh, true. I watched it. Did, did you? What you? Oh, okay. Real quick, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Utopia portion of the podcast. Because I don't know anybody else that's watched it. Um, what'd you think? What'd you think about Utopia? I watched the entire first season and still do not actually know if I liked it or not. Uh, Same. Yeah, it was interesting enough that I kept going. Like for sure. Like, and I can't say that if they do a season two, I won't also watch that but like i also can't tell you that i actually enjoy it like it's compelling enough to keep me interested without being pleasurable necessarily right it's like i really like john cusack he was really good in it he he made really good points like so that was one of the things like charlie and i were watching that um because she wanted to watch it because it because it had uh oh shoot the dude that played the riddler in Oh yeah, yeah. Gotham. I don't don't know what that actor's name is, but I know who you mean. Uh, Corey Michael Smith. Um, oh, there you go. So it, she wanted to watch it because he was in, it, and I was like, I'll watch it because it's on Amazon, and I have nothing better to do for a podcast that's about fandom. Um, <laughs> so we started watching it, and it was like, ah, oh, cool. Like, so we're sitting in there, and uh, spoilers, everybody, for Utopia. Just watch it; it's on Prime. When he's telling them about his whole plan how they're going to like you know kill off or like make make half the world sterile or like make everybody sterile and everything i'm just kind of like hmm he makes good points <laughs> like, <laughs> like we're just sitting and like everyone there like the entire like everyone there's like no this is terrible and like charlie and i just like he's got a, he's got a good point like it's it doesn't sound all bad. Like maybe we do kind of like chill out a little bit, you know, <laughs> maybe a little bit. We're just like, Oh yeah, I got you. That makes sense. But like, so, it was weird. Cause like nobody was like. What killed me about that was what he actually says is it'll sterilize the human race for three generations. And I'm like, I want you to think about what you just said. Yes. Real right. Hard. Right. <laughs> also it's like, 
how does that end? Like, do you do you then go, hey, guess what, everybody? Not sterilized anymore. Yeah. Like, how, I, how do you fix yeah. that? Because yeah. once once you introduce that vaccine to these children, then all of your stock, like everything is going to go down. It's all over for you guys. Yeah, I, I was mystified by that. So yeah, it was it was compelling. Okay, I really like John Cusack. I actually think that was some of the best acting I've seen from him in a long time. Oh, same. Um, and I I really like the guy playing Arby. I I oh, Arby found him great. really interesting. Yeah. Um the rest of it it was it was not it it's not bad, but they make some like weird choices like killing like, Sam. Well, there's that killing was, Sam, which was the, ballsy. The, the thing that pissed me off so much was the one person that was going to help Jessica Hyde the most. Jessica Hyde just randomly killed. And well, I'm like, yeah. she was the one that was going to help you the most. The one and, who could have figured everything out. Well, well that's exactly everything. true. It had been like, a much shorter season if Sam was still alive. Exactly. Uh, like, we would have been like, episode five, done. Yeah. Everything's over. Well, the thing that got me is it's weird, right? Because they structure the show as like a bunch of mysteries, but none of them are really a mystery (laughs) to the audience. Like, it's like, oh, who's just God? Like, you know that immediately. Like, who's Mr. Rabbit? I'm like, well, we're only presented with like one option, Uh, you know, and there's, there's a little bit of a twist on it, but not really. And like, but, like I'm like this is I guess the sterilization part of it does come as a surprise, but like everything else is a mystery of the characters, but not to the audience, which is a really weird way to approach yeah. what they're doing. Because like you're literally just sitting there going like, when are these guys gonna figure this shit out? I, exactly. <laughs> you're like you're you're like yeah like I've known what everything is from the first episode, so maybe chop chop guys. Oh man, it was so it was weird. I also another thing. I don't know about you. Um, I've been to lots of comic conventions. No <laughs> one gives away that much free stuff at comic conventions. No. You know, like when, uh, what's it, with Ian and Becky, Be- is her name Becky? Is it, is it Becky or Betty? I don't know. It's when, when, they finally right. we, when they finally meet and they're walking through the convention and like he's just getting piled on with like free, like swag oh, yeah. and stuff. I'm like, yeah. that doesn't happen. No, and, and it doesn't first look off, like there are zero lines. Period. Yes. in that yeah. convention, I don't care if it's in a hotel. There are zero lines. That's not accurate. Yeah, it doesn't resemble any conventions that I've ever been to, like at all. I'm like, this is this is not how conventions go. And I don't know if that was a budget thing or if they just didn't bother to ever like. Surely somebody on that staff has to have been to a convention at one point. Like, <laughs> you think? I mean, I also thought like. When when we get when we get introduced to the kid, um, uh, Grant, I think who we who yeah, yeah. we're all like, oh, he's supposed to be a rich guy. And it's like, oh, he's a he's a child. What? Um, I was like, okay, this kid's super smart. Like getting in, you know, where he you know figures out how to you know get into the guy's room and everything. I was like, this kid's smart. And then he like sticks around and is playing in the guy's hotel room. And I'm like, yeah. you're a idiot like i are you kidding me like i was rooting for you i was like this is going to be the smart character this kid character i'm going to root for this kid and he's over here like drinking champagne and playing in a foot bath and you know just jumping around like an idiot and i'm just like no this kid's dumb i hate him now and the thing is is like the show occasionally gets to these bits that are like kind of genuinely great uh usually horrifying stuff like when they're gassing 
what's his name? The guy with the double names, family. See, I'm terrible at character names. Uh, uh, and Wilson they're just straight Wilson. up. Yeah, they're murdering Wilson Wilson's family or, you know, when they when they drug overdose everybody. It's just such a horrifying, like, getting people to be complicit in their own death thing that they're actually kind of effective as, like, horror. Mm-hmm. But, like, it just doesn't hit that note very often. So I'm like, ah, this is good enough to keep watching, but not good enough to enjoy. Damn you. Right? It's so bizarre. Like, and then, I don't know. I was kind of hoping that, you know, it was going to be... There, there were things that I thought it was were gonna they were gonna do in that series because like at one point I was like maybe Rain Wilson's Mister Rabbit and this is all just like a ploy maybe he lost his memory or something. Um, I was like that would have been a cool thing to do. Yeah. But then they were like, nah, he's just an idiot. He's, I mean, he's a smart guy, but he's just an <laughs> idiot. Um, yeah. His wife was that was hilarious. Um, but I mean. The moment that that kind of get in like that idea gets introduced of they're everywhere, they're infiltrating everything. I was immediately skeptical of her. Oh yeah, well yeah, exactly. And it's like, just like, uh... and then like yeah. he still didn't get it. Like she literally has like drugged him, hit him over the head, like has tied him up, and is basically saying everything. And then he doesn't like rat her out like at all. No. I'm just like, bro, she works for the bad guys. Remember when she like gave you a concussion? Like that was like two minutes ago. Well, to be fair, he did have a concussion, so maybe you his know judgment wasn't. To, to, be fair, to be fair, to be fair, back to Urban Animal. That was Utopia yes. Talk. Uh thanks everybody for listening. That's the only Utopia episode <laughs> you're probably ever gonna get. Um But yeah, uh, so I'm I'm really excited for Urban Animal. Like, and you've got a lot of good stretch goals going. Like, I think like if you get like a, there's the soft cover version, the hard cover version, um, then there's the soft and hard autographed versions, uh, and I think all those come with like PDF extras and everything, right? They do, they do. And then we're uh, for our 20k stretch goal, we're going to be having uh, bookmarks, and you'll be able to get uh, a plushie. Uh, which is amazing. Uh, yeah, and the plushie is of Turbunny, which is the turtle bunny thing that Joe managed huh. in season one, and it is freaking adorable. So, so wait, so that's is that twenty? Yeah, that's our twenty k stretch goal. Oh man! So what's the? Uh, is that just going to open up a new pledge for for Turtle Bunny? No, Turtle Bunny will be available to everybody at a certain pledge level or above to add to their thing. Um, gotcha. That's how that works. Nice. Uh, yeah, because I think I did the, the 45 one because I wanted the hardcover. Nice. Everything. Just because, you know, like you do. Who doesn't want a hardcover version? Let's I mean, see. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, everybody, everybody I'm not who a, gets, uh, everybody who gets, basically, if you've bought the soft cover or above, you can get on the, you can get the plushie. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a, a busta anymore so I, I want hard covers of everything so yeah hard covers that's where it's at guys always uh, i do love those hard covers um so okay so uh we do have uh we've got the kickstarter and that goes on until november 18th at exactly 6 41 p.m eastern time so don't know why Exactly 6.41 p.m. Eastern Time, but exactly 6.41 p.m. Eastern Time. Because uh, if we went to 6.42, the time-space continuum was unravel 
Clearly, exactly. in 2020, it is barely hanging on. So and, that's what would push it over the edge. Oh, you know, you know what I just thought of? This episode literally comes out right before the election. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I guess we'll all know how screwed we are here in a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll know if you get, like, if, if uh, you're able to donate um, past, uh, if you're able to get, you know, donate before November 18th, you'll know. Uh, otherwise, none of us will be here. So, <laughs> have fun with that, everyone. Um, Good luck, future people. Exactly. We'll uh, maybe we'll know. Who knows if we'll know? <laughs> we we maybe we may not wake up one day. Who knows? That's a terrible way to end this podcast. Anyway, Justin, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, man. Well, thanks for having me. Now that you've made me contemplate death. <laughs> You know, it's like Scary Movie 2. I mean, you could just wake up dead. Or is that Scary Movie 3? I think that's... Uh, it's one of them. was War of the Worlds? Oh, man, I don't know. I thought that This is already more thought that I've given the Scary Movie <laughs> franchise in, than I have in ever. So... Oh, man, War of the Worlds was the best Scary Movie ripoff. When they're like, this is Detroit, and this is Detroit after the... <laughs> it, it's, it's literally just like it's all like smoky and everything and there's gunshots and sirens it's like this is detroit and this is detroit after the attack and they just inserted a couple of the walkers it's the same like smoke and picture and crime and everything and i'm like good job scary movie way to pick on detroit in 2002 like everybody else or detroit <laughs> Uh, they have it coming. Anyway, uh, Justin, again, thanks so much for coming on, man. Where can everybody find you and uh, Urban Animal social media-wise? Sure. The best place to probably find me social media-wise is my Facebook fan page, which is Justin Jordan Comics. Um, I'm also Justin Jordan Comics on Instagram. Uh, if I were a more competent human being, I would have a website to direct you to, but I do not essentially well, so it's a good thing have to the, go the sponsor for today's episode is squared co and i'm just kidding see I I, squarespace <laughs> I, I don't even know what it's called square it's our, uh it's weebly i don't know go god weebly <laughs> yeah uh and if you want to check out the the kickstarter uh we we do have a website that redirects there so it's urbananimalcomic.com will take you to the kickstarter or you know you can just google urban animal uh kick kickstarter and google will take you there one assumes uh and, and we'll put all of we'll put that in the in the show notes so that you can find justin uh you can find john you can uh you know check out urban animal get the kickstarter we'll put the links to uh, the urban animal webtoon in the in the links and it's webtoon it's a free download which is amazing that you can get free comics in in 2020 so let's see it's november 2nd when this comes out read all of uh urban animal while you can uh we're just going to continue that rhetoric of the <laughs> get it all in before soon. the apocalypse you, you gotta get it done you got a day so read it all <laughs> you got a day to read well i guess you got like two days really because it comes out on the second you got the majority of the third um because we won't know until late so you got you know a good you know day and a half so read it uh it's it's really good uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at josh l kane you can find the podcast on instagram at what's up fandom on twitter at what's up fandom pc for podcast 
All of our episodes available, iTunes, Stitcher, Poppy, and Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Go to What's Up Fandom. You can find us there. Uh, all of the What's Up Fandom episodes and old Animation Station podcast episodes. You can also find us on our website, animationstationpodcast.com, because I'm too lazy and haven't changed it over yet. Uh, Justin, again, thank you so much for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was really fun. Oh, no problem. Uh, so uh, for the Animation Station podcast, that's not the name of the podcast. So for What's Up Fandom, I'm Josh. And I'm Justin. Thanks for having me. Bye, everybody. Ha, <laughs> ha.